What's up, guys? How's it going? It's your boys. The so Sauce Thinking Podcast. Ow, ow. Yeah, you you are not wearing headphones. Yeah, this is this is really odd. I'm not I'm not used to this. This just sounds like me and Felipe are having a conversation. I don't feel like I'm recording right now. Yeah, you're holding a mic though, so we're recording. <laughs> don't I know? <laughs> I actually You I'm might kinda, not know. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know where I am right now, to be quite frank. Be completely honest. Should we with should we fill people in? Do we I feel need like to? we should. Yeah, we should. Uh, I feel like we need to set the stage in case <laughs> you start rambling. True. And Here, let things me, don't let me make give, sense. Let me give you as much information as I want you to have. Um so uh yesterday um I had quite a spill, uh if if you may will. Um and uh I uh split my head open. Partially, and um, I do have a concussion, so I'm doing this. I'm coming at you live, right now with a uh, with a, with a, a concussion, a full-on concussion. Yeah. Um. So, that being said, I'm feeling all right. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, everything's okay. Because I know that was your next question, but I am a little loopy. And I have found uh, that I lose my train of thought and completely forget what I'm saying in the middle of uh, a sentence. So if that happens, it's probably because I'm concussed. Yeah, and it's not at all like he normally does when he loses his thought in the middle of a sentence. It's act- There's an actual reason this time. <laughs> if home, it happens, you'll know. Tripping. If homeboy's you, if tripping. Homeboy's tripping this time. You'll know. It's, it's only happened once, maybe twice. I can't remember. But, um, yeah, there was one time where I was in the middle of a conversation and just halfway through my sentence, I was like, I have no idea what we're even talking about. Yeah. Which was kind of uh, scary. But, um, yeah, should be fine. Um, yeah, so and yeah. and we're recording live from Felipe's apartment. Brand new apartment. There you go. This happened. We I've had an apartment for a while. Um. But this is our first time recording here. Yeah. Brand so new. lots of lots of change. Lots has changed. Is there, an echo? there is a bit of an echo. Fun. Yeah, it's you know. We need to soundproof this place. Yeah. Feel me? Yeah, so people can't hear us. No, but uh lots of lots has changed since uh this summer. Rowan did seventy five hard, which is a really big thing, and then he ended it with a concussion. There you go. It was that hard. <laughs> yeah. He just knocked himself out. Yeah. It's so hard that I uh, got concussed. Yeah. That's how hard I go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm nodding my head, but I realize <laughs> that you can't see that. We're not doing video anymore. We're not. Uh, last week, we did our hot takes episode. And believe it or not, hint, hint, there's a part two coming out because we didn't oh. go through all of that. Yeah, that's true. But that that may or may not come that that'll that'll come sooner or later. Yeah. It may come, it may Next not week. Come. I thought well, 2 weeks. Maybe we should announce this after we've talked cause Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm pretty sure there's a a date that we had agreed upon which is not 2 weeks. 
Big. Okay. I don't want to do All this right. on the podcast right now. All right. I don't but like it when we fight. <laughs> <laughs> but for today's episode, uh, we are, Ron and I had an interesting conversation uh, over a car ride and then over text. Um, and this conversation, so Rowan tried to introduce me to a song, or he didn't try to introduce me to a song. He asked me if I knew this song, and it's called Yeshua. And uh, we were talking about it in the in the car ride, and I asked him, so I'm Brazilian, and I have heard this song in Portuguese, and only in Portuguese. I don't know they had it in English. Uh, and listening to it in English was really weird, but either way, like, how does this song go? Yeah, Yeah, it's that one. Uh, my beloved yeah, that part. is the most beautiful among thousands and thousands. Wow. That's the entire song. So That uh, is. Yeah, those are the only like four lyrics. There's more than four words in there, but uh I asked them I'm concussed, I can't count. I asked him if it was weird singing a song like that because I feel like in Brazilian culture, like a lot of the songs that I grew up listening to, like Brazilians have no problem singing and writing love songs about God. Um, and so like, you, you know, like they would, a lot of like the language used, you know, like my beloved is the most beautiful among thousands. Like, I grew up singing stuff like that, so it's not weird. But I feel like if I were to sing that in an American church, like there would definitely be weird. And so I asked him, I was like, how do you how do you feel about this? And he said, I I really like uh, singing about like Jesus, like he's um, we're his bride, you know, like Jesus is one day coming back for his bride. I've always thought that was a that was an interesting way of uh not only thinking about Jesus, but thinking about like our relationship with Jesus, like uh, we're His bride, and one day He's gonna He's gonna come for us. It's gonna be like Taylor Swift says. It's it's gonna be a love story, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's the lyric? Marry me. Something. Something. It, that song is definitely about Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. So, you know, Taylor Swift. Imagine that, but not a headache. Uh, inducing, and that's Jesus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. I don't know how you made Hot that connection. Hot take this episode. Jesus and Taylor Swift are the same person. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, God, no. That's wrong. Wait, wait, wait. We said we were going to respond to a hot take before we get into this episode. Ah, dang it. We're in the middle of the episode. Let's just keep going with okay. the episode. Maybe, maybe we can do something like that. Yeah, we'll do it at the end. Um, So then, you know, like we... Then got into a conversation over text um, about how we approach God. And um, I forgot how that started. Do you how remember? How did that start? Um, I th we weren't talking about an episode. Um, I remember where I was. I was at uh, Planet Fitness. Um, but... Um, and I, I remember what the conversation was about, but I, I'm a little fuzzy on how it started. Um, but I do remember somehow we started talking. I think I sent you like a TikTok. I think I sent you like a TikTok or something. Yeah. Um, and I was a little bit frustrated that um, 
how how often people like call I don't think frustrated is the right word, but how often people call like Jesus their friend and stuff like that. Um Oh, I know what we were talking about. I had just finished uh Westminster's shorter catechism. Um and Felipe was asking me what the what what I learned from it. And that book is um mm-hmm. very, very Calvinist. Um, which has to do with like predestination and they lean very heavily into um, like the uh, sovereignty of God and like they hold that in very high regard. And yeah. I was saying that there's some things that I kind of had to, I didn't fully agree with, but ultimately I really appreciated how uh, highly they regarded um, God and how like, they they viewed him as like this holy, majestic God who's like almost untouchable in his sovereignty, you know. And um, that was almost a different perspective than what I've uh, grown up in. Because like in youth conferences and stuff, you hear God, you see God as like a either a friend or like a motivational speaker who's like, you can do it, like you yeah. got this, like. I'm with you all the way, um, whereas... I'm with you to the end of the line. Yeah. Now, uh, like, reading... Um, I don't want to say reading more Calvinist books because I'm, I'm not really reading more Calvinist books, but, like, having a different perspective where it's like, yeah, God is sovereign. God is better than everyone. Like, you cannot... Nothing compares to God's majesty. And, like... Um, the way they kind of teach that is to is by like just hammering in um, God's law and how imperfect we are. So through through understanding how imperfect we are, we get to at least I I kind of got a feeling of how perfect God is um, in a way. And so I thought that was super cool. And one of the things I brought up was uh, that kind of perspective made me challenge the way i thought of people being friends with god yeah people who are like yeah god's jesus is my friend jesus is my buddy you know and like how we approach god or how and so um by talking about um by talking about all of that we started talking about how like we approach uh, how we're supposed to approach god because the Bible gives us a few different things, which, um, uh, which are, they're not necessarily contradictory, but they're just different ways that we approach God. Um, and I think we're gonna, we're gonna go through those. Yeah. So the, uh, the topic we want to tackle today is how, how do we approach God? Like what, so in all this conversation, right, like, is God a friend? Is God super holy, unapproachable? Is God, do we approach him as father? Do we approach him as savior, king? You know, like, well, how do we, how do we view God? What is the right view that we should have of God, right? Like, and, and there's God the Father, there's God the Holy Spirit, there's God the Son, Jesus. Um, and... How, how, what is the right way for our relationship uh, with God to take, right? Like, are we supposed to 
you know, like I, I kind of agree with Rowan in the sense of like people that make him buddy buddies. I'm not down with that, but I think scripture does tell us that we can be called friends of God, that God can be our friend. But how do we, how do we absolutely revere him? Um, yeah, I think um, to big piggyback off of what Felipe is saying, um, I think the, the best way we can kind of approach this topic is if we go through it a bit meticulously. And Felipe kind of laid the outline out um, just now. And um, so I think from what we were talking, when me and Felipe were planning this and talking it through, there's about four four ways that we can approach God. Um, yeah. We can approach him as our father. Um, as our savior, as our king and lord, and as our friend, and I think me and Felipe are going to have a little bit of a conversation about that last one. But I think it's important that we kind of go through those first three so that we understand um, where we're coming from. So first, approaching God as our Father. Um, the uh, scripture that we have to back this up is Matthew six. Right? Talking about the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. You probably know this. Matthew 6, was it 11 through 13? I don't know off the top of my head right now. Bro. I do have my Bible open right now, but. All right, see how close I was because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty, pretty flipping close. Um, but that prayer, Jesus teaches us to begin our prayers with our Father who art in heaven, right? Um, it's. Yeah, you're close. It's nine, nine through thirteen. Ooh, super close. What what verse does the Lord's prayer prayer start with? Nine. Really? That's our Father. That's verse nine. Nine is pray then like this: Our Father. Oh, so in I heaven, got the Lord's prayer. Right. Hallowed be your name. Verse ten is your kingdom come. Your will be done on oh, earth as it is in heaven. Sorry. Um, I was close though. You were close. I got the last verse down. So there you go. Yeah. Anyway. We are, I think it's important to see ourselves as, like, children of God. Um, and we can get into, like, the process of, like, salvation and sanctification because adoption is in there, right? We mm. are we are children of God because not everybody, and we're in adopted into the house of the Lord, right? Um, because not everybody is a child of God. Amen. Um which some people struggle with, but hey, <laughs> that's just that's the way That's what it your goes. Bible says, homie. Yeah. Um, but we're adopted into the house of God. And so as children of God, like what is what is the relationship between father and son or daughter, right? And I think the the fact that the Bible calls God our father, right? They use that very specific language multiple times I think is important because it's indicative of how we're supposed to view God as our father. And when talking about approaching God, it's important to, what does it mean to approach God as our father? Yeah. Um, John, John one, two says this, but to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, right? Like, so we don't get to approach God as father flippantly um 
it's done so in the understanding of the sacrifice of Jesus. Um, meaning that I think we're all image bearers. I think we're all creations of God. It was created in God's image as humans, as mankind. Um, but to be called a child of God, you have to believe in Jesus. You have to believe in his name uh, and receive him. That's what John one twelve basically says. You have to receive him, believe in his name, and you have the right to become a child of God. Um, and, and so I think we have to understand that in order to approach God as father, specifically, we have to become his child. We have to be born again, right? So that's like the process of believing, being baptized, and, and being adopted into the family of God. It's a beautiful thing to understand, um, but I think it's... It, I think it's all about intimacy, right? Like when you, when you picture creation, like think of, think of a God that's created everything that's named all the stars, right? Like that, that, that knows each and every thing, each molecule, each atom by name and knows where it is and knows its existence and it's, um, and is familiar with it. Um, but yet calls us to be children, uh, to know us even more intimately, I think I think of like my my parents, right? Like my parents choose to spend time with me. They choose to invest in me. They choose to like as as interesting as it is. Like so, I have my dad's last name, right? And I carry on my dad's legacy. I represent my dad, whether or not I want to. I'm I'm. I'm like a living, breathing, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm a living, breathing uh, carrier of my dad's legacy in a way, right? Like a representative of my dad. That's what the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, and because of that, like I'm, I'm like in a way automatically expected to know my dad. Um, and to have that relationship with him, like when other people call my dad Walter, like I call him dad, you know, like, yeah. And, and I get to have like this intimate relationship with him. I get to know him in a way that other people don't know him. I get to see the good, bad, the ugly side of him. And I don't think that there is a good, bad. Well, that's not true. I don't think that there's a side of God that he hides from his children, right? Like God, God is upfront with his children, um, but we get to know God intimately. And, and that's beautiful when you think of like the whole, the whole story, right? Like the whole narrative of the Bible is God calling people to intimacy, God calling people to know him for who he is. Like he's not hiding. Um, he's not just a statue. He's not just this, uh, this idol, this carved image that you can't know that you can't approach. And at the same time that like God is unapproachable in, in his holiness, right? Like I, right now I'm thinking of um, Exodus chapter 18, 19, 20, 21, where uh, God leads the children of Israel into the wilderness, right? Like they've just left Egypt, they're in the wilderness and they come before the mountain of Sinai and God says, hey, listen, I'm going to like you guys prepare yourself for seven days, like make yourselves clean, make yourselves holy, like cleanse yourselves like shower brush your teeth do all that stuff because on the seventh day i'm coming down on this mountain i'm gonna make my presence among you and he comes down and then he invites moses up onto the mountain and for 40 days moses is out on the mountain talking to god face to face and 
the people are welcomed into the presence of God and mere God makes a covenant with the children of Israel to say like, you are my people. Like that's the story. Like that's the God that we're talking about. This God that invites people into relationship. And when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, he says, listen, like you get to know God intimately. He's father. He's close. And I think that there's a protection that comes with the term father too. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Um, Because that is a very, like, intimate connection, right? Between father and child. Um, Because when when you say father, that also means, like, life giver, right? And who's who's God but the giver of life, you know? Um, If you don't mind, I think we can move on to uh, the next way we can see God or approach God. Sorry. Um, is as our savior, right? So, like 2,000 years ago, there was this guy named Jesus uh, who claimed to be God, died on a cross. It was pretty cool, and then raised up from the dead. Um, but I think it's important, like, I don't know. I feel like people tend to ignore this one. Like, it's one of those things that you say, like, yeah, Jesus is my savior, and it's like, it's such, it comes with, like, uh, people say it so empty, emptily. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> emptily. Uh, I don't think that's a word. But uh, they use such empty words like, Jesus is my savior. And then, like, their whole, they live their life as they want to, right? And I, I just find it so, like, frustrating because it's like, if Jesus is truly your savior, like where, where is your like thankfulness, right? Yeah. When somebody saves your life, you're obviously thankful for them, thankful to them. And you want to like repay them, right? That That's just kind of like in our hearts naturally, I would hope. Um, Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I think we don't think of Jesus as our savior because sin doesn't seem life threatening. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, like if somebody's holding a gun to your head and then like Superman swoops in and like kills the bad guy or whatever and like say like that's imminent danger. But sin kind of sneaks in. We don't see sin as imminent danger. Right. Yeah. Sin is enticing and it lies to you. And so for us to think of Jesus as a savior, we're like, what is he really saving us from? You know, like and and I think cognitively we don't have that understanding we don't have that thought process of like no like without jesus my life was destitute and like destined for destruction you like all of that alliteration right there yeah look at that you're like a modern edgar Allan poe i'm pretty happy to be mod uh, like edgar Allan poe honestly you'll look like him the only thing i think of when i think of edgar Allan poe is a raven and that's because it's like his most famous poem isn't it I have no idea. Did he have a pet raven? No. Anyway. But yeah, like we we don't see ourselves as being in imminent danger when it comes to sin. And so I think that's one thing that stops us mentally from thinking of Jesus as savior is like, ah, I mean, like, yeah, he saved me. But from, you know, I wasn't really ever in any danger. And it's like, no, you were. Yeah. It was You're kind of destined to fun. death and destruction. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because that's often how, like, we view God is, like, 
Um, a killjoy. Yeah, or like a parent who gives you a curfew. It's like, yeah, but I want to go hang out with my friends. But, and it's not until we, like, grow up. And I think there are some things that um, we'll probably not have the, um, how do I say this? We'll probably, we'll we'll never get to know, um, right? Because, like, when you're a kid, it's like, don't go past the stop sign. And you're like, that's such a stupid rule. Right, like I just want to ride my bike a little further, all this stuff, and then as you get older and you're talking to your parents and you're like, remember when I couldn't stop that, go past that stop sign, and then and then they tell you, yeah, because people get hit, like when you go past that stop sign, or there's a there's a certain bend in the road, uh, where I live, and we weren't allowed to go down. So there's a hill and it goes around and we weren't allowed to go down the hill on a particular side and we never knew why. And it always seemed like a stupid rule until some kids were doing it that weren't from our neighborhood and they came really close to getting hit by a car because the car couldn't see him coming around the end. And I think that's how uh, sin often is, is because hmm. when it comes to like sin and uh, I guess you might say like spirituality, we are, we're children, right? We have the perspective of children, uh, cause we're just little kids and we, we have no idea the dangers and we have no idea of like the consequences and the context of what, what things are, you know? Um, and so like when we sin, it's like going around that bend. It's like, we, we don't, we think it's just a stupid rule that God's put in place but he knows that there's cars coming around the corner that are going to hit you um but as kids we just don't know um i was going somewhere with that uh but i think yeah i think we like see it's important to see god as our savior because it it humbles us right uh me and felipe were just listening to a stephen furtick um in, inspirational <laughs> inspirational motivational yeah quote song and, and one of the things that he kept on saying is, I can do it. I can still do it. But the thing about Jesus being our uh, Savior is that we can't he do it. He did it all. Yeah. We can't do it. I, without Jesus, I am nothing. Everything that I have built for myself is... A farce. Yeah, is a, a flake of dust in the grand calculus of like time and space, right? Like... This is what we're talking about, right? And, like, I I am nothing compared to Jesus. Jesus has it all, you know? And so by viewing Jesus as our Savior, we're able to humble ourselves. And we're able to understand that it's it's not through our own works that we um, save ourselves, but through Christ. Um, let's move on to uh, approaching God as king and lord because i think this is an important one um we're running out of time well, my time's we'll, up sorry we'll be we'll be we'll talk about this quick uh but thoroughly so that we can get to the front part yeah um, i think i think that uh well there's actually a whole nother part after the friend part but um, i was thinking that could be in incorporated into the front part oh okay all right um, uh, or we could just leave that because that could be a different episode Oh, sure. That could be. 
All right, so we'll just see what happens. Might be a bonus episode here, people. Listen up. Anyway, so we're talking about Jesus is our King and Lord, and I think, I think what's cool is the disciples were the first people to realize that Jesus actually is King and Lord, um, and it did so confessionally, right? Like Jesus is uh, sitting with his disciples at Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, who do these people say I am? And some people are like, hey, you're the reincarnate Elijah. You're the reincarnate John the Baptist. And then Jesus goes, well, who do you say I am? And Peter says to him, you are Lord. You're the Messiah. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Peter, because my you didn't have this revelation on your own. My father revealed it to you. Um, but seeing Jesus as king, like that was the first proclamation of the gospel. When, yeah. when you know, like it was, it was in... It was in defiance, in a way, to, to Caesar. Uh, when, when asked, the, other, the early church, that was their declaration because they lived under Roman rule and reign. They lived under, you know, like so many different emperors and Caesars and kings and rulers that were out for their lives. And, and the decree of the, the people and the decree of the empire was Caesar is Lord and Caesar is king. But the disciples defiantly made their declaration and their cry, no, Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. Right? Like, and, and that's, that's beautiful. And the, the beautiful thing is like, when you see Jesus is king, when you see Jesus is Lord, like he's a, he's, a king of a different kind of kingdom in, in that he's approachable yet unapproachable. Yeah. And this is what we're kind of talking about. Like God is our father. Like we approach him as our father. Sorry. Um, we approach him as our father and like, I can go up to my dad and be like, Hey, like how was work today? Or he likes baking bread. So I'm like, could you make like sourdough waffles or something like that? But, like, with God, I can't just walk up to him because he's the creator of the universe, right? He's the king of kings, right? So, on one hand, he is approachable as a father. But on the other hand, he is unapproachable because he is king of kings, if that makes sense. Because um, it is kind of, um, at face value, it's, yeah, at face value, it's it sounds contradictory. But if you think about it, it's not. Um but I also think that when it comes to, like, obedience, people very rarely view God as king over their life. Mm. They, um, What I found, really, is people like to pick and choose uh, what they let God rule over. Um, like, I think we can all agree that murder is bad. So we'll be, we'll be like, okay, my God, you can, have, you can have the murder thing. I won't murder people. Because that's what yeah. you want, right? But as soon as it becomes something that we want to do, which I think lust is a, that's a big one for people. It's like, well, I want to keep doing that. I want to keep on going to clubs and like picking up girls every weekend, right? I want to keep on doing that. So I'm just going to ignore that one, but I won't murder people. Yeah. And so you kind of pick and choose what you think is right and wrong, Um which I think is so funny uh, that because I see Christians doing it. And I, I think it's funny that we're like, well, people that call themselves Christians. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so funny wh- when it's like, yeah, like he's all good, except like he, he makes a few mistakes here and there. But overall, he's all right. Like, no, he's king over everything. 
you give everything to him. You you are completely obedient. If you if you accept him as I think I um I think with any of these if you accept him as one, you accept him as all the other. Yeah. Like you can't approach him as father without approaching him as your king and savior as well. And you can't approach him as king and savior without approaching him first as your father and savior. Yeah. I think they all they all kind of flow into each other. Um what one thing that we had written down is kind of like that there's a lack of awe in today's church and uh, you you touched on this earlier about how we treat Jesus like he's a motivational speaker that he's like that Jesus said good things and the people that follow Jesus said good things to encourage us in our living and encourage us in our in our tough times and encourage us and that's all that Jesus say, is is like just this guy who had really good words and thoughts and ideas and so we like awe and and we fail to understand that we stand before a holy God and and king of the universe, right? Like the, the description that we have of Jesus in Revelation when he comes back in all of his glory and all of his profoundness is, you know, like he's coming back and he's tatted up and on his, his thigh is tatted the name king of kings, like the name that's above every other name. And so we have, we have this idea that like, you know, like, and, and it says that when he comes back, every, every, Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, right? Like there, there are songs about that, about confessing Jesus Christ is Lord. And, and here we are, like we, we play this game and, and we treat church and we treat, we treat coming to God's house so lackluster and so casual. And it's, you know, like you show up to church any which way and not ready to stand before the presence of God, like you in your own life you you kind of treat god as nonchalant as if you're not constantly in the presence of the king and and your life demands as such like you're not a servant of the king and that your life demands as such you know like we treat god as if he's you know like and this is where i think like the bad idea of having god as your friend is is like yes he does call you to intimacy as a friend and we we're going to get into that but this is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he has a name above every other name. And even at the mention of his name, like sickness is healed and demons flee and, and, and mountains crumble and whatever, because he's God. Yeah. Like that's the God that we serve. Yeah. And he's the King of our lives. And, And we, I think at times we, we treat it, we treat him so casually and we approach him so casually as if like, you know, like when we pray, when we step into church, when we live our lives, like, dang, like there needs to be some sort of reverence. Yeah. Uh, which leads us to our last point. What are we at out for time? I don't know. I opened up my Be Real. By the way, add us on Be Real. We don't have Be Real as a As, as a, a podcast. podcast. Nah, it's our individual ones. Where did my time go? Do 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 ish. See if we can get this done in uh, ten minutes. Okay. Or so. Uh, so approaching God as our friend. Um, I at first kind of kicked back on this whole idea because because of the other ways that the Bible like tells us that we should approach God. 
and I just didn't see us being able to approach God as um, king, but also a friend, right? Because, like, Felipe is my friend, and I can sit here and, like, just talk to Felipe, right? But there's a specific way that Jesus has taught us to pray to God, which is our communicating with God. So I'm like, he's he is too holy to be my friend, if that makes sense. Um, but then Felipe brought up, uh, like Abraham and Moses and God, God called them, God called them his, yeah, his friends. Sorry, I'm fading. It's okay. Um, called them their friends. And, uh, I thought that was interesting and our conversation kind of ended cause I said something theologically incorrect. Um, <laughs> but Felipe, how do you think we can be friends with God? Yeah. So, I mean, there is there are tons of Bible verses where God refers to people as his friend. We'll start. Uh, I'm just list a few because I think it's as a stage for the type of God that we have. And in 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 the grand scheme of things, like we're talking about God, Savior and, and Lord and Father and King and all of that stuff. But James chapter two, verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counting him the righteous. And he was called the friend of God. Jesus says this, um, no longer do I call, call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. The John fifteen fourteen, the verse right before that says, you are my friends. If you do what I command, um, Jesus calls his friends right before that too, where he says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay his life down for his friends, speaking about what he was about to do for all of us. Exodus thirty three eleven. thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend, right? Like we, we have this idea that um, God invites us into intimate relationship. And he does so um, individually through with different people in the Bible, right? Like Moses, Abraham. Uh, we see David being called the man after God's own heart. And, and God had a special place in his heart for David. But um, but I, I think it's I think it's interesting interesting because like what does it mean to be a friend of God? Like, what does it mean to have this intimate relationship with God where God, I don't think God sees this as, I don't think, here, here's the thing that I think that we have to put into context is, I don't think that because God calls us friend, that God sees us as equal. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, that does make sense. Because like, when I think of my best friends, we're equal. Yeah, we're uh, we're peers. Yeah, know, who can correct each other? Yeah, but I think when God calls us friends, it's it's um, it's indicative of how He pursues relationship with us. It's indicative of how He wants to know. And I I find it interesting that in John chapter fifteen, there's a caveat here where Jesus says, "If you do what I command, you are my friends," or you are yeah. my friends if you do what I command. Yeah, because that is important. Um, like Jesus commands us to obedience. Yeah. And then so much so that uh, later, uh, 
where is it? Uh, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to find it. Um, no, but there is that verse that says that friendship. Oh, here it is. James chapter 4, verse 4. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So there's there's a distinction. God draws lines in the sand. So you can be a friend of God or you can be an enemy of God as well. No, that's good. Um, And then I think what me and Felipe really started talking about was he he was using um, Abraham and... Moses as an example of people who God saw as like his friend and they talked as friends and I was interested in as to I was interested in how like Paul views views God because I think Paul is a better kind of um, example for us because Abraham and Moses didn't have the Holy Spirit they didn't have as much uh, revealed to them as Paul did. Um, so Paul is a better, like, he's in a closer situation uh, to what what we're in spiritually. And, like, Paul was beaten. He was martyred. He was um, put thrown in jail. He gave everything up. If you want the idyllic, idyllic picture of a Christian, you look at Paul. Right, because um, he gave everything for Christ, and and so like, if if someone like that is that like gung ho for Christ, did he see did he see Jesus as his friend or did he see him as just Father, Savior, and King? Yeah, and my response is I think he had to have seen Jesus as friend because if you develop your theology. And you talk to the people that knew Jesus, John, I mean, John the Apostle, right? Like Peter the Apostle, Paul was their contemporary. They walked and lived at the same time. And I mean, they obviously talked about Jesus like he was their friend. Jesus was their savior and their Lord, but also their friend. Like Jesus was the guy that they spent three years of their lives with. Like they, you know, like they they knew Jesus intimately. Like that was their friend. And so... I think through the revelation of the Holy Spirit, when you and this is how we got into the to the topic, what does it mean to walk with God? What does it mean to live a life where you are in intimate fellowship with God and relationship with God? Like I think as Paul walks with God, as Paul lives his life for God, like him and God become tight, they become homies, and God is his savior, and God is his father, and God is his king, and God is his Lord, and God is everything to Paul including his friend you know like i think of i think a friend and this is how i define who my friends are versus people that are my acquaintances my i i don't consider somebody a friend until they know me and what i mean by that is like think of think of all of the things that make you who you are and your friends know that and still accept you right like um you know, like, what? What's a what's a good example? You had AIDS for a day. I did have AIDS for a day, but I mean, like a, a one that I haven't shared on the podcast. It's like a, it's like a, it's not something that's like a 
fun fact? What's something that you just know about me? Like, it's not a fun fact. It's just like something about Felipe that most people won't know. Doesn't like, well, I I don't know what counts as not a fun fact. And what? All right, just throw something out there. Doesn't like cooked fruit. I don't like cooked fruit. Yeah. Well, so I think of like your mom. Well, when you say like the whole cooked fruit thing, because your mom goes out of her way not to serve me cooked fruit because she knows I don't like it or broccoli. And I, I mean, when she makes broccoli, I still eat the broccoli or whatever. But like Rowan likes ramen right in my in my cupboard right now. There's beef ramen and chicken ramen that I don't eat, but I know that Rowan eats and Rowan really enjoys. And so I have that at my house just in case Rowan shows up. You know, like, that's what I consider a friend. And so when you think of, like, walking with God, it's like the fact that you are knowing God better, that God is, you know, working more in your life, but that you're just, you know, like I think of it, like, almost literally, where, like, every day I'm, like, yeah, I'm in step in step with God. I'm, I'm, sorry, in step with God where, like, I'm doing what he wants for my life. I'm listening to him closely. Like I have a close enough relationship where I hear him and I hear him speak to me and I act when he speaks and I'm, I'm doing what I'm called to do on the daily without question, just because it's, it's just how, there's just how we've developed our relationship. That's good. I don't, I don't really have anything to add. Yeah. And you're, and you're fading over there. Yeah. I need to go get back on my drugs, so I think I'm gonna peace out. <laughs> gonna start tripping out on. Uh, nope, not gonna go there. On Tylenol. On Tylenol and ibuprofen. That are, those are the drugs that I will be snorting. Do you want to hit that with your toe there, the outro or the? Ooh, let's see if I hit the right button. There hey. it is. Hey, that was close. That was. I, th- I think you're going to have to do most of the outro because okay. I don't know. All right, I guess guys. I could look on how much time we have left. Hey, thanks for uh, tuning in to the Sauce Singer Podcast. If you like this episode, like, subscribe, and share uh, this podcast with your friends. It helps us a lot. We are on Instagram at SawsThinking underscore podcast. You can check out our website, www.SawsThinkingPodcast.com. Uh, listen, pray for Rowan. Not because of his concussion, just he needs it. In general, most of the time, anyway. Uh, I'll probably be all better for my concussion by the time this episode comes out. Yeah, if you didn't hear that, he said he might be all better by the time this episode oh, comes did I out. I not say that into the mic. You didn't say that into the mic. But hey, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Catch us next time. Peace out, babes. <laughs>